Hello, and welcome to another edition of Ask the Professor, a crowd-driven, crowd-supported feature where we respond to your questions and comments on political philosophy, economics, history, culture, all those things that matter to us in our life together as citizens. And today's comes from Steve. He says, I'd love to hear you discuss Filmer's Patriarcha. And I thought, man, I've been waiting for someone to ask me that. It's, you know, like, do you want to get my views on the Panoff-Botvinnik attack? I'm for it, briefly speaking. But anyway, uh, my interest in Patriarcha is perhaps an eccentric one, but this is probably the best book ever written defending the divine right of kings. And it so infuriated John Locke that you know, he wrote two treatises of civil government. The second one is the one people read today explaining how if we accept the premise of self-ownership, a logical theory of rights and of limited government flows from it. But before Locke could get to that, he spent an entire volume demolishing Filmer. I mentioned this in our documentary on fixing the Canadian Constitution, and I say that if you want to see a man give a flying body slam to a disarticulated skeleton, then you want to read Locke's first treatise. Because Filmer is so completely forgotten today that it's difficult to believe there was ever sympathy for his arguments. Or is he? In a formal sense, yes. In the English-speaking world, even the staunchest conservative now understands that government must be based, if it's to be legitimate, on the inherent dignity of the individual. And that it is impossible to say, as Charles I did on the scaffold, that while the citizens are entitled to have their lives and property protected, government is no concern of theirs. Which is more or less what Filmer argued along the lines of parental authority. He said that the king is like a father, literally, to his people. The great weakness, of course, is that the father only has authority in a rational system over children who have not yet reached the age of majority, and even there, the authority is not absolute. Well, we say father and a mother today. Uh, Filmer certainly outlines a situation in which if the king were wise and good and patient and restrained and well-advised and free from personal failings, you might get good government. But, of course, Kings and queens are human beings like the rest of us, and it just can't work. It is necessary to have restraints upon ambition and pride. Not just ambition to amass goods or you know, do nasty things to our fellows, but the sort of ambition that's driven by a genuine sense that we're better than other people. The kind of ambition that I think drove the Emperor Augustus, who really did understand better than any of his rivals, or the mob, or the Roman Senate, what was necessary to save Rome from the anarchy into which the Republic had descended. But Augustus and the Romans had no conception of how a government might be effective while being limited, how it might be possible to lay out a formal system of rights of the citizen that the government could not infringe on. And also, though the Roman Empire was surprisingly well governed, given the lack of restraints and the horrendous emperors that often ensued, it was not a stable or ultimately a tenable system. But, I say the English-speaking world has moved on, and so is much of the rest of the world embarrassed by the English example. As I've said before, I think the French are well-governed because they can't stand to be jeered at by the English as much as by anything that arose naturally out of their heritage. Although, again, France was part of the old Roman Empire. It was part of what was once called Christendom. There are all kinds of reasons why French government tends not to be nearly as awful as government in many other parts of the world. And that brings me to a recent observation about China. 
an author writing in the National Post talked about the fact that although the Taiwanese and residents of Hong Kong are very proud of their Chinese heritage, they think culturally there's one China, they have no desire to be ruled from Beijing because the government in Beijing essentially holds Filmer's theory. They absolutely forbid discussion of pluralism, of dissent, of capitalism, of any notion of competing decentralized power, any separation of powers, anything that derogates from the ability of the government in as much as it is all-knowing and all-merciful to do anything it wants. So, yeah, Filmer's theory is actually very much in evidence in some parts of the world and most conspicuously at the moment in China, where they really do think that the government ought to look after the citizens, but it is no business of the citizens how the government operates. And you see in practice how bad that is. It's not that Filmer's completely wrong. It's that he has only part of the picture. He sees certain things that are dangerous about mob rule, but he does not see what is dangerous about denying the dignity of the individual, which can be twisted into a defense of mob rule, but is not inherently one. So I'm delighted somebody finally asked me about Filmer's Patriarcha. I mean, you'd be hard-pressed to find a copy of it. If you want to get some look at it, you can read Locke's first treatise of government. But at a certain point, you'll realize that Locke's remarks are no longer particularly relevant in the English-speaking world because we've long since got past the idea that a government that denies the dignity of the individual as a political citizen can possibly be legitimate or work. But tragically, in much of the rest of the world, that is still really how people understand government. We are not one world in that sense, and we are much better off, therefore, living in that part of the world that is based on Magna Carta than in those parts of the world that sadly do adhere, mostly tacitly, but very firmly, to Filmer's theories. If you're enjoying Ask the Professor, we are crowd-driven, so we need your questions and comments. This URL will tell you how to submit them. We're also dependent upon you for funding. So if you're not already a sponsor, click here, make a one-time or monthly contribution to sustain this and all the other work that I do. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time.